this is Kenya, and welcome to my magical cottage car life. Today, we're going to talk about something a little bit different. We've been going over recipes and all sorts of our regular thing, but I would like to cover something that's going to come up a little bit more as the weather continues to get colder, and that's hospital visits specifically. When someone's in the hospital, they feel really down most of the time. I mean, you know, you laugh, I get it, to try to make other people feel better, but it can be really lonely and sometimes really scary. I know this because I've spent most of my life in and out of hospitals when I was younger, and not so frequently now, but it does hurt when you have to be away from your loved ones. No one wants to be sick. But when you are sick and you have to stay in the hospital, it's small things that can help you a great deal. So today, open up your big book of stuff because we're going to talk about what we can do to make someone's hospital stay a little bit better. And that is something we're going to make with our house coat bundle. Let's get started. though we've named this the house coat bundle you can substitute a robe if you wish if you don't feel comfortable in the house coat it doesn't have to be just that but I'm gonna say in this episode we're gonna use the term house coat house coat is not a robe though a house coat is a very specific thing some people call them dusters depending on what part of the country you're from or what age group but it's that little bitty um, slip of a thing. It's, it's like a, a robe, but it's not because it buttons up or it snaps up. Usually it snaps and it's worn over your nightgown or it's worn over your regular clothes or instead of regular clothes. And it's like a short dress. It comes just a little bit above or at the knee and the sleeves are usually just a bit above the elbow, sometimes elbow length. And you've seen um, probably grandma's or certain sh series like Mama's Family where someone might wear a house coat if they're uh, just waking up and they have their hair tied up. It's one of those things that you grow up with and you don't really talk about it. And I know I put with at the end of that sentence. I know that preposition's dying for a phrase to complete it. But it's, it's just, it's part of the culture of, of older or even Detroit culture, I want to say, because I know it's Southern culture, but it's also Detroit culture. It's almost every culture has somebody who knows what a house coat is. And even by me, by Burler's Variety Store here in uh, Michigan, they even sell house coats still. You can sometimes find them in the general mercantiles. So that's where you could look for them. But I just wanted to get our definition straight. And usually they have pockets. Um, but let's move on. So when we make our house coat bundle for people who are sick, and again, I'm saying house coat, you could substitute a, substitute a robe for a man, but you don't have to, it's up to you, because there are different kinds of robes as well. There's the bathrobe, there's the 
the evening robe for when you're going to sleep that goes over your pajamas or your nightgown. There's the dressing robe. There's the robe that you wear when you're going to the sauna. There is also a smoking robe, or some people call it a smoking jacket, but those are two different things. So I'm talking about the very, very thin robe that you wear over pajamas if you decide to wear a robe. Excuse me. It shouldn't be terry cloth either. It should be something really thin, really light, because we're talking about going into a hospital setting or a healthcare provider setting. So you want something thin so it can easily be laundered. That's why I'm stressing the house coat bundle because they're so thin and they're so light, it would be nothing to just launder that thing. Also because of the snaps, it makes it easy to take it on and take it off and just in case they need to get changed very quickly. Now of course, as you know, if they are wearing a lot of IVs or whatnot, then that could be a problem because Getting those things off and on might mean that you need to cut that sleeve so it's easier for them. And that's just a minor alteration. If you know how to sew a little bit, you can easily turn that house coat into something that snaps in the front on the sleeves, on the top. But, you know, you don't have to if they're not under a lot of tubes and things like that. Some people are just going in for a day and some people are going to be there a while but doesn't mean all of them are not ambulatory and it doesn't mean all of them have to come in and out quickly of their clothing. Now for most of us when we think of a house coat we think of this shapeless beautiful little schmuck with, that has Things like uh, floral patterns or pastels. Sometimes it's a little gingham or a check. It really depends on the person. I've never seen a polka dotted house coat, but it's quite possible that they exist. That doesn't mean that they are not out there just because I haven't laid eyes on them. But you want to make sure that whatever it is you get is something that you can not worry about if something should stain it. That's the beauty of a house coat is that they're usually not very expensive either. So, you know, you can give it a good bleaching and a good degreasing if you have to, and it's not meant to be pristine. It's also something that would be soft against the skin usually. Now understand, because this is going into a setting where you don't know people's allergies or sensitivities, you want to be careful about what you're laundering that house coat in before you take it there. So I would recommend something along the line of the line of free and clear products if you're buying a commercial grade detergent, you know, the ones that have no allergens. You could wash it in draft. Uh, that's one that people use for babies. Or you could actually use some of the soap you make at home, the soap flakes and whatnot. And that way you can control the lack of scent because you don't want them to be strongly scented. Not only could it bother the roommates and the staff, it could also make the patient feel uncomfortable. That doesn't mean that you can't put in a little bit of a sachet into the pocket of the house coat to make them feel better and give them a smell of home. Now I did say this was a bundle, so it's not just the house coat. You're also gonna add something else in here and you're gonna roll it up like a camp roll 
That way everything's inside. So when they unroll it, it's there. And that again is why the house coat is so beautiful because it's so thin, you can put things inside and it's not gonna be bulky. So what are we gonna put inside of our house coat bundle? Um, what you're gonna put in there, you're gonna put some needful things like detangling combs. Not just combs, detangling combs. Because sometimes when you're laying in that bed, your hair gets a little bit tangled or knotty or nappy or matted. It just depends on how long you've been there and what kind of hair type you have. So you want to have a detangling comb so that, you know, when their hair is combed, it won't be so hard and stressful on them. The next thing, you want a nice brush. This goes back to hair texture. For some people, it'll be a bristle brush. For others, it'll be a wire brush with the little bitty plastic tips on it. It really comes down to your preference. Also keep in mind that they may not be the person using these items on, the, on themselves. So you wanna have something that's in good repair, that has a decent handle. Don't bring the broken brush that you've had for 30 years in that closet. That's not the time. If they have a very old set of silver brush and comb, don't bring that because now you've put a burden on the staff to try to keep up with it. If possible, and if the person's hair is very fine, uh, usually people who have hair loss need fine brushes, using a baby brush is something that's very helpful. I know it sounds silly, but those softer bristles can make it a lot easier for them to take the brushing. There are times that anything against our skin makes us feel uncomfortable, so the little things can mean a lot. Now we talked briefly earlier about putting a sachet in the pocket of the house coat so they feel like home. This only applies if they have a certain scent or something that they like. Many people don't wear perfume at all, especially if they have respiratory issues. But if they have espresso cologne or something they like, spray a little bit, just the tiniest bit on a cotton ball and put it into a sachet and then stitch it up and put it in the pocket of the house coat. But you want to let them know it's there. That'll let them remember that, you know, someone is thinking about them, especially if they're, I don't want to say obsessed with scent, but if they really like scent and miss the scent of being in their house, that will help. If there's a spice they like to cook with all the time, uh, say they love the smell of basil, um, you might want to get an oil that has a little bit of basil, sage, and mint or something, or some sort of scent on that cotton ball to make them think of home if they're not someone who usually has something along the line of perfume. It really comes off the personal judgment. You don't have to. You can make it something simple like a lavender or a rose sachet. Many hospitals have lavender as well because they have incorporated using those as part of their holistic sets of supplementary care. So you might be able to find some in the nurse's office as part of the regimen on the floor, depending on if they're in hospice or somewhere else. Always ask before you bring a scent though, because their roommate may be under a restriction. Now something else you want to, to add into this is a small amount of soap. 
And I understand that hospitals have something called hygiene kits. And if you are ever in the hospital or a loved one is in the hospital, always remember to let them know to ask for a hygiene kit if it's available. Usually these contain lotion, soap, comb or, and or brush, a toothbrush, toothpaste, a washcloth, and a basin. These are usually what's included, sometimes lotion and uh, body gel. However, keep in mind, keep in mind that that is not always guaranteed to be available. You know, there's been a lot of heavy hospital usage in the last few years because of world situations. So having their own hygiene kit doesn't hurt. But when you do this, you want to make sure you're using materials that will not aggravate any pre-existing conditions. Make sure the soaps aren't heavily perfumed. Make sure that you're not giving them something that could hurt them. And always, always let the nursing staff know or the, the CNAs know, which they are nurses. Um, they're just not big nurses. There's different levels of nursing. Um, but let them know that what you're bringing in is there because they need to know what's going on. Now, let's talk about nurses for a second because I don't want anyone to come for me, okay? So here we go. In the United States, we have different levels of care and different scopes of practice in healthcare. And in Michigan, we're one of the most diverse and heavily uh, healthcare-centric states that I can think of in the Midwest. So let's talk about that for a moment. about that for a moment when they're in the hospital and they're seeing nursing staff you're going to probably see a board a dry erase board at the end of the bed on the wall and that board is going to have different names on it to let you know who is in charge of their care it's going to have everything from the attending physician to specialist or anyone else who's in charge of that patient but what you're looking at the person you're going to have the most direct and frequent um, communication within terms of uh, practicalities are, is usually the nursing staff and that can be and it's not to me about downgrading anyone when I use the scale it's just they have different scopes of practice so you're probably going to have a patient care tech there that's going to be involved in the regular everyday things like bathing, laundering things like that well not laundering themselves but I want. I said laundering, but I meant <laughs> I meant um, folding and, and keeping things clean on the bed. That's what I mean. And, and putting this the dirty laundry into the receptacle for laun it to be laundered. They're not scrubbing anything out there. But then you have your CNA. Sometimes there isn't a CNA. Sometimes the patient care tech is the CNA. And then you have your LPN. If you're in certain areas, you still have LPNs. Not everyone still has licensed practical nurses. Uh, usually they have transitioned up to a registered nurse. But you have your LPNs, then you have your registered nurses. And, and in between there, before you get to that, before you get up there, you have nurses' aides. I also want to let you know you have nurses' aides. And then you have your, uh, your LPNs, you have your registered nurses. Then you have your nurse... Uh, your nurse practitioners. Your nurse, nurse practitioners are the ones that have most of the scope 
treatment you would expect for a physician, but they do not have a physician's scope. They are different. And I wanted to point that out. Now understand there's different levels of registered nurses. So, you know, don't, don't let me throw this away, you know, too far. But why am I getting into this? One, I wanted you to know. And two, my, my mom, my bio mom is a registered nurse. And there is no way I'm going to get out of here alive without saying that the registered nurse is kind of like the top of it, except for the nurse practitioner. So I, I give my props to the nurses and hey there, directors of nurses, how you doing? Um, you know, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I'll probably be seeing you. So I want to stay on your good books. Okay, let's get back to our episode. Now that we've covered that, um, let's get back to our bundle. So we are talking about soaps. Now for me, my first choice would be an ivory or a glycerin soap. I would cut it into quarters and send a quarter at a time in because there shouldn't be a lot for them to carry. All right, so that, that would be my recommendation. Next thing you wanna do is there should be lotion there, but if there's not, Give them a nice lotion and make sure it's something that's approved that they can have. Some things you can't have there. Nivea, I'm not sure what the the verdict is on that, but Nivea is usually good for them to have for their feet and for um, heavily used areas like the elbows and the hands, unless there's a lot of IV usage. You don't want a lot of, of... ungents or any kinds of salves on a body if they have to find spots for IVs because they have to be able to clean that area and, and make it ready to be you know the, re- the receiving end of the, the needles oh, needles oh so many needles so many needles and um, keep in mind too that those feet that look so wonderful in those those grippy socks sometimes become points for them to put in IVs and it's not preferable but it happens so before you start you know lathering someone's feet down for a pedicure at the hospital keep in mind that that's probably not the best for them at that time okay let's keep going oh and also I know that people like to wear nail polish please do not bring nail polish to the hospital for the patient why because oftentimes looking at the nail bed gives us a clue as to whether or not someone is not oxygenated so please don't do that i'm not a doctor nor do i purport to be but i'm a lifelong asthmatic and i can tell you i can look at the whites of my eyes and my nail bed and i know when i'm in trouble going to be there a while and you don't think that they have the strength or have the ability to have their hair combed every day you might want to braid their hair or brush it back for them but if you can't do that giving them a nice hair tie is usually okay if it's permitted and giving them a bonnet or a headscarf for them to have like a nightcap there's different kinds I understand that there's bonnets 
of every size and variety now in the beauty supply. Some of us grew up with the old-fashioned bonnet, where it was almost like a trico chiffon and a little band of elastic, and it was clear and see-through, and it had like colors of pink or green or yellow, or sometimes white or black, and that's what we wore, and that's all there was. And it was see-through, and it was thin, and it was tiny. And then there's still other people who have these massive, elaborate hair bonnets. It's great. For men, there are, um, as they call them, do-rags. There are skull caps. There are all kinds of wonderful things you can put on the human head to keep the hair from tangling and getting matted. It'll also keep them from rubbing against the bed and losing their hair, especially if their hair is prone to breakage because you don't want them hurt that way. If they are allowed to have hairdressing, because that's not always the case, but if they are allowed to have hairdressing, a very simple oil or a very simple uh, dressing would be good. Don't go elaborate on this. Uh, you want to make sure it's something that's not going to be having a noxious effect on other people by being too strongly scented. A simple coconut oil or a bergamot can help. But again, always let the healthcare provider know what's in this bundle before you drop it off. Um, and of course, you're giving it to the person. You're not just dropping it off like, you know, like, all right, I'm out. No, not like that. <laughs> you're going to gift this with love. And um, you don't have to have the full container either. This is when it's great to go to the different uh, Dollar Trees. Ooh, I'm not sponsored by Dollar Tree, by the way. Or any other areas where they have the small sample sizes of hair products. And then you can just grab some of the moisturizer or whatever else that might not be too strongly scented. Or, or you can get a small little pot um, of reusable plastic and put in some of the hair product pomade. That can also be very helpful. For people who have mustaches or beards, a tiny bit of beard oil would not hurt if they're used to keeping it dressed. Now here's a delicate topic. Delegates. If you are able to get access to their underwear, bring them a change of underwear. I understand that many times the hospital wants to keep them kind of free-flowing, but almost everyone agrees that they would rather have underwear in a situation where they have little control over the amount of exposure of their body. And it feels good to have something that's their own. Make sure it's not tight. It shouldn't be constricting. It shouldn't be overly, you know, eye-popping per se. It should be just plain old granny panties or good old-fashioned um, tidy whities or something basic or even boxer shorts for some people feels really good, you know, or boy brief, boy cut briefs, something that's going to make them feel covered and, and comfortable. But understand whatever you bring, if there is an emergency, there's a strong possibility that they could be cut off. Bring them two pair. That way, in case there's a mishap, they have another pair on site. And, you know, you should be visiting them if possible on a regular basis. That way you can rotate these things out. But, you know, we're just doing a quick one. Hopefully the stay won't be so long that you have to rotate it out. That's the goal, right? That we're not doing that. Also in the hygiene pack, you can ask a hospital if they have disposable underwear. That really is a thing, especially if they have a maternity unit. So that's also a, a possibility. 
uh, there's a company called, I think it's Forever Fresh, and they have underwear that's disposable. And you can write to them and get some for yourself to have on hand, just in case. Now, one of the things that people often forget is that when you're in the hospital or you're in hospice or you're in physical rehabilitation, you get bored or you at least want to engage the mind. So including things like puzzles, crosswords, um, little things that can be moved from place to place like coloring books, sketch pads. All of these things can be great aids to help with the boredom, with the anxiety, waiting for things to happen or for nothing to happen. Both of them are a toll on the body and the mind, so giving people a distraction is important. I'm one of those people that if there is a candy striper, and I don't know if you have candy stripers in your area, um, they call them hospital volunteers now, but I remember when they were candy stripers. But if there's one that comes by with a newspaper, I always ask for it because I don't want to just watch a TV. I don't want to just be on a laptop or a phone. I want to give my mind a rest from the flashing lights and the quick succession of information overload. I want to take my time and read. And for many of us, reading is a chance to suspend reality and go to a place that we couldn't go no matter where we are, in real life. And that takes me to today's sponsor. You know, we've had quite a few book sponsors in the last few weeks, but I want to really push this particular Uh, author very strongly as she's a very, uh, very talented young lady. And I will say this, I haven't seen anything in this genre in Detroit. And I I am, I'm from Detroit. So I I have a, a soft spot for her, for Jade Aurora. So let me read the blurb. And I really recommend these books if you're into suspense and fantasy and a little bit of horror. Okay, so here we go. Motor City Witches follows Detroit friends Rochelle, Sarai, and Louise as they use their ancestral powers to carve out their place in the world and overcome their adversities. In book one, best friends Rochelle and Sarai learn the mysteries of the craft from their friend Louise, who is a generational witch. Rochelle learns to tap into her divine sensuality and the importance of confidence and self-love. Sarai also learns a huge family secret along the way, as well as the events that led to her fraternal twin sister's suicide at 13. In book two, Young girls have gone missing in Detroit, with one teen girl being found dead. 
Louise and her friends resolve to get to the bottom of the disappearances and bring the perpetrator to justice. Louise also rescues and opens her own home to a young trans woman, Trina. Trina learns to tap into her innate power and learns what a true family is. Rochelle's cousin, Alexis, starts dating an older man who spoils her with expensive gifts and dinners. She is soon led down a dark path of drugs and prostitution. Book one can be found at www.blackgoldpublishing.com Product page, Motor City Witches, The Goddess Within by Jade Aurora. Book two can be found at www.blackgoldpublishing.com Product page, Motor City Witches. I, I, Goddess Awakened by Jade Aurora. And both of these can also be found on Amazon. Digital coffee copies can be found on Kofi. That's K-O hyphen F-I. Or maybe it's Kofi. Not really sure. I haven't heard it pronounced out loud. Oftentimes when we do not pronounce things correctly is because we've never heard them spoken aloud. So please forgive me if I got that incorrect. Both books are for readers 18 and up due to strong language, violence, dark themes, and sexual situations. I do highly recommend these books. I think you'll love them. And I think that she has a bright future ahead. So you definitely want to get involved now so that you're all caught up when I think the third book is going to come out. You never know. These links will be in the description of this episode. Let's get back to the show. If the person that you love who is in the hospital is a crafter, bringing something small, very small, like a small ball of yarn and a crochet hook or some needles or other items that are permitted in their circumstance that are related to their craft would also be something that they would be enjoying and you would be facilitating for them to help in their recovery. You know, there are people who do things like finger weaving as well. So you might look into that or macrame. As always, always, always check with the nursing manager before you do something like that and the facility because just knowing that they're safe for your loved one doesn't mean they're safe to have in the ward as someone else may not be engaging in safe behaviors and having items like that might not be the best for all involved. One other item that you want to remember, you can take all of these things and put them in the bundle or just supply the house coat or supply the items without the house coat. But one thing to remember is very important, and that is, if nothing else, supply your friend 
with an opaque bag into which they can put their dirty clothing. The hospital usually gives them a really large plastic bag, and that's so everything can be seen. But an opaque bag, or a bag that you can't see through, whether it be a canvas tote from the shopping store, or even just a brown large paper bag, if you just don't have anything else at the time, will let them put their soiled undergarments and other clothes in there so they don't touch the new clothing. This is probably the number one thing that people always for, seem to forget, and it's so important. Because if nothing else, one of the free things that you can give someone that is the utmost in compassion is the recognition of their dignity. So think about that as well. I've been in a hospital many, many times, and I can tell you that having things from home can make the difference in a miserable stay and a stay that, while necessary and unpleasant, can be just a little bit less sad. And bringing a housecoat bundle is something that would be a touch of understanding and compassion and a measure of grace that you can give to a patient. You know, I believe that the healthcare people in my life would definitely agree with me. Is there a doctor in the house, Code? Okay, come on. I had to. I had to. I had not made a mom joke the entire episode. It had to happen. It had to happen. And I, I hope it was funny. You're groaning. Okay, maybe it wasn't that funny, but I thought it was funny. No? Okay, well, I'll keep working on it. My dread side humor is not the best because you dread my mom jokes. Okay, oh, okay, fine. Maybe that, that was a bit much. Okay, but I love sharing little moments that we can look into to find the way to give a gift of compassion to others and sharing them with my friends. And we're friends, right? So... Maybe grab a house coat that just keep in your closet, even for yourself, because they're comfort. They're comforting, especially in the winter time. They're, they're just a little extra layer of protection against the chill. But it's definitely something to consider. And if the patient is male, then you might want to keep one of those really thin robes. Uh, and you can do the same rolling of everything into a bundle. Everything should be able to fit inside it. You roll it up and you tie it together with the cord around the robe or with a piece of yarn or a belt. And it would be perfect. It would just be perfect. So maybe consider doing this for a friend who may be under the weather also at home. You know, gifts are wonderful things. And just like the gift of health, you can give a gift of care. And it's always a gift when you join me here on my magical cottagecore life. See you next time.